Good morning. The scripture reading this morning. Yes, you may be seated. <laughs> scripture reading this morning. Uh, we're going to read selected passages from a letter that a guy named Paul wrote to the, <laughs> the Ephesians about two thousand years ago. Pretty good stuff. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of, of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament which is it, with, with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Well, it's been a while since we've been able to uh, co-preach uh, to have one of our dialogues, but Ricky and I decided that this would be a, a great opportunity uh, for us to come together and to speak and to talk about uh, the wonderful gift it is uh, where the church works as the church, unified in the Holy Spirit to do the things of the church. And one of those important things uh, that we don't often think about uh, is the setting apart, the ordination of people who, uh, who have said yes to the work of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, this passage of Scripture that the, the writer uh, gives us from Ephesians or, or to, the, to the church at Ephesus is a great starting point, I think, for us to uh, begin to see and to claim uh, that there are gifts, uh, diverse gifts. I love what Ricky was uh, saying with the kids and the imagery that he gave and how the hands and the different body parts come together. Uh, but I think it's safe to say that not only do we have this passage of Scripture and many more like them, uh, where uh, the writers of those letters, uh, those, those parts of the Bible, speak to uh, what we try to figure out is how the church organizes itself to do ministry uh, I think it's safe to say that it took uh, a good two or three centuries to get uh, a starting point uh, on how to uh, order the life of a local church as believers were trying to come together to live out what it meant to be a part of the body of Christ. Uh, certainly with our own physical bodies, Ricky, you know, we, as you were telling the kids, we've got hands and feet and eyes and ears and nose, and I'm not going to try to sing the song. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, they don't want to hear it anyway again. You did so well. But we, we have this image as individuals, but also the church, when it comes together, brings its various body parts to make the body of Christ. 
And so, Ricky, I want you to kind of, if you would, just share with the congregation uh, what, what you're hearing this letter writer tell the church, uh, uh, how that has spoken to you over these years, uh, because for most of us in ordained ministry, it's not uh, relatively new. It's something that God has placed on our hearts. Uh, and, and for people like me, there were a number of years when I turned my back or, or, or like Jonah, ran the other way thinking God would find somebody else uh, to do this work of God. So tell us what, what you're thinking. Yeah, I, this is one of my favorite passages in Ephesians. Um, Paul loves this metaphor of the body, right? He, he uses it all over the place when he's writing in the New Testament. And if we really take, it, take him seriously at this metaphor, then we, then we come to realize that one of the primary places that we interact with Jesus is only when we're all gathered with each other, right? If only us all together are the body of Christ, I can only bring my hand part and you can only bring your knee part and someone else can only bring the ear parts and someone else can only bring the mouth parts, then it's only when we're together as a body that we really get to come face to face with Jesus. And um, honestly, that's been my call story throughout my life is that time and time and time again, uh, the place where I have most clearly heard the voice of God in my life is through the voice of, of the church. The people that have um, loved me and told me the stories of Jesus from my earliest ages, the community that gave me my third grade Bible and taught me in VBS and uh, let me run around in youth group as an awkward, lanky junior high kid. Uh, not much has changed. I'm still an awkward, <laughs> lanky adult. Um, but but that, that's been uh, so true in, in each and every um, church that I've served in part-time or full-time ministry and so true of this community as well that um, honestly, it's, it's been all of you that have been the hands and feet of Jesus for me these past couple of years, that have been the voice of God calling and, and affirming and uh, equipping me for the work in ministry. I think sometimes when we talk about pastors, it's easy to think about, well, okay, it's folks that are, like, are called this professionally. You, you go get ordained, and you're really the ones that, that do ministry. Um, and really, Paul is saying, is saying in Ephesians, there's a couple of people who are sort of set apart for the, the organizing of the work of the church, but really their main job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? So it's... It's not what we do, it's what we all do together, and it's only in, in being the body of Christ, uh, which has been my whole call in life of people speaking into my life gifts that I never would have thought I had um, or honestly wanted on my own. Right, right. Uh, you know, there's this, this long-standing tradition. We go back into the letter that Peter wrote to the church. Uh, uh, where he talks in terms of the priesthood of all believers, meaning that, that we are all priests, uh, not, not in the sense of ordained priests, but priests uh, serving the body of Christ, serving as the body of Christ, and doing these very important tasks uh, that the body needs to do. And so, uh, you know, there, there are some obvious things that the church does. It, it typically opens its doors up for gathered uh, worship of the community of believers, uh, hoping that uh, people seeking something, uh, answers to questions or challenges in life come to be a part of that, uh, find a way to get uh, or a foothold for a beginning in a life of faith. Uh, but then there's these other things that happen behind the scenes like business meetings and uh, opportunities to share one-on-one -on -one with people uh, in their celebrations, their joys, but also in their challenges. And so, uh, you know, when we think in terms of ministry, ministry is really all of us. We're all called to be a part of this ministry, even as a heel uh, or even as an elbow. Uh, if we see ourselves as that part of the body, we are all needed, necessary uh, to bring the fruits of God's kingdom to bear. And that's what the church is, is called to do. You know, in that first century the, uh, of the early church, the, the, the early apostles had to figure out how do we make this work 
we, we've seen Jesus. We lived with Jesus. Uh, uh, they were a part of the, uh, of the resurrection story firsthand. And, and, and they began that, that difficult and challenging work uh, of, of, of organizing other disciples to go and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ in the world. And, and so it became early on, especially with the, uh, the loss of Judas Iscariot, that, that there needed to be other people that were doing this work. And so the church had to set out patterns of how to, uh, uh, to, to identify, if you will, one of the parts of the body being the mouthpiece. Uh, who will be able to publicly, uh, you mentioned the word professionally, uh, who, who voc- from a vocational standpoint, in other words, a way of life, who can be that mouthpiece? Uh, who can be the, uh, the parts of the body that help us organize, stay organized, stay focused? And so uh, the church moved into this setting apart of people. And so that's what we talk about ordained ministry being. It's somebody that has been set apart to do often a challenging job. Uh, in the early sense of the Bible, when the prophets were God's mouthpiece, they were set apart uh, to remind the people uh, of God's word for them in their lives and how to be faithful and fruitful in that living. And so you and I, as, as people being been set apart by the church, uh, the church that also is a part of the body and, and filled with the Holy Spirit and giving gifts of discernment and encouragement, and nurturing capacity, you are a vital part of the persons that are set apart for ordained ministry. And so uh, tell us a little bit, Ricky, about uh, uh, where these days with the United Methodist Church and the ordination process, give us a little glimpse of what you have been challenged with. Help Mariah as she moves <laughs> deeper into, uh, in, on the pursuit of, of the call to ordained ministry. Tell us what, what you all are facing. Yeah, I, I, I just I want to reiterate what you kind of mentioned in your prayer too. It, it's um, it's from the literally these pews that we come out of, right? Um, and this church in particular has a has a long history in recent years of being a, a teaching and an equipping and a, a lifting up uh, congregation from um, you know, folks like myself and Zach Landis to Ryan and Valerie Sewell folks. Uh, I'm sure you would say in your ministry the ways that this church has built you up into someone that you were not when you first came here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It it is the work of the church uh, that raises us up. And um, I think, gosh, as a a ripe old 27-year-old entering into like the next 45 years of of, uh, full-time ministry, um, I'm just convinced that the next 45 years are going to look nothing like anything I've known. Um, That's the reality for us entering into this, and yet um, there's some deep truths, like there will be local, continue to be local communities of people who uh, deeply long to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and deeply long to have their lives transformed in a powerful way um, for the love of God to be spoken in their lives, to hear God loves you and there really is nothing you can do about it. Um, for us to teach that to our children from the youngest ages, that community will be the constant. It's the body of Christ that throughout the ages, throughout the last 2,000 years, has been the same. Although we've changed and we look different and the way we gather looks different and the kind of music we sing looks different over the past 2,000 years, uh, the body of Christ remains the same. And yeah. it is, Paul says, it's love that binds us together, right? It's like the ligaments, it's the, the sinews and the binds and the blood that runs through the body. Love is the binding tie for the body of Christ and that is what holds us steady. Right. And, and you know, the work of the Holy Spirit to, to help us, to help future uh, folks that are being called uh, to ordain ministry. I read a story this week. Uh, Bill Crowder told a story of one of his best friends. He said it was his best friend in Bible college. Uh, his, his name was Macaulay Rivera. And uh, he said Macaulay had two dreams in life. One of the dreams was, of course, to marry his sweetheart, Sharon. 
Uh, and the other dream that uh, the Lord had put on Macaulay's heart was to start an inner city church in Washington, D.C. And he said in the month before they were to graduate from Bible college, uh, Macaulay and Sharon were killed in an automobile accident. So at graduation, uh, obviously, Macaulay wasn't going to be there to walk across the stage, and the, uh, the college president stood up and, and asked all of the students uh, and, the, and the folks there, they said, now, Mac is gone. He's gone. Who will continue in that dream of starting an inner-city church in Washington, D.C., that dream that Mac lived for? Who? And, and, and Bill Crowder said at least 200 students stood up when the college president asked him, who will take Mac's place? Well, friends, you know, we as itinerant United Methodist pastors, we come and go. Uh, uh, we, we come and we hope that we bring uh, uh, God's word and, and, and that we uh, help uh, understand the power of the Holy Spirit, but others are needed for ordained ministry. Uh, Mariah has said yes. Valerie has said yes. Ricky said yes. Zach said yes. You have a long history uh, of, of helping set apart people for ordained ministry. And that work is a beautiful work. Uh, a, a group of people meeting together, uh, helping ask questions, theological questions, spiritual questions, the work of the church, uh, and, and to be spirit-filled about it and to help persons say yes to the call God has placed. Ricky, you, he's, I've heard him say this before, that, that if it had not been for the church... For the words coming out of other people's mouths, affirming in him uh, what God had placed, we always kind of have these doubts. Am, am I okay for this? Am I cut out for this? Can I do this, this joyous work that God has called me to, but this work that sometimes can be a real challenge? Does anybody have challenging people in your lives? You know, <laughs> as clergy, we are not exempt from challenging people in our lives. It, you, don't, you, you never know. Now, oftentimes on Sunday, it's such a blessing, it's a joy, but you never know what's going to happen Sunday night or Monday morning. Who's going to walk into your office? Who you're going to run into at the gas station? Who, who is going to, to place a challenge? But, but yet God has placed this on our hearts. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that the church realizes that God is using you. You are parts of the, the body. You are instruments of helping the church uh, call and set apart future pastors. And so our work isn't over because we congratulate Ricky this week during annual conference on his ordination. I, uh, one of my favorite pastors, theologians to read is Frederick Buechner. And he talks about his own call to ministry story when he was a young man. And, and he writes a story about sitting at a... a dinner table with some folks and this woman from down the table says so i hear you're going into ministry she says from this long table uh was it your own idea or, or were you poorly advised <laughs> <laughs> and uh Dugan writes and says you know the thing that she couldn't have heard even if i could have said it was that it wasn't really an idea at all not mine or someone else's it was this itching in the feet this stirring in the blood at the sound of rain this sickening of the heart at the sound of ministry. It was a clamoring of ghosts, Buechner says. It was a name which, when written out in a dream, you knew was a name worth dying for. Even if you weren't brave enough to do the dying yourself, or even if you couldn't exactly name the name. That's the truth for all of us. Uh, whether we are those who are called to the set-apart uh, ministry of the ordained, or whether we are uh, those who are called to the ministry of uh, 
caring and visitation or whether we are those who are called to uh, the ministry of uh, labor and construction or whether we are those who are called to the ministry of teaching or whether we are those who are called to the ministry of welcoming and greeting and what, whatever it is, uh, if you are sitting here today, God has called you to do something. And it's not your idea and it's not anyone else's idea and yet none other than the living God has called you. One of the things I think, uh, I, I know in my uh, experiences and, and, and from following a, a tradition of, of pastors, uh, at least in the United Methodist Church, is we believe that when Jesus Christ is present with us, that, that we can overcome barriers. And that's why we need people that are set apart. People who, who have this ever-deepening connection to keep the rest of us, if you will, uh, on track uh, the, 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 the song that the Pecan Street Mission, the worship team, uh, brought for us, the oceans, uh, uh, the, the train from Jubilee that the chancel choir sang. You know, we, we're on this journey together, but somebody has to remind us, uh, sometimes frequently, that we are doing God's work, that Jesus has called his people apart to be different from the world, to be of Jesus' mindset and not of the world's mindset. And sometimes it takes those people that have dedicated their lives uh, in doing that. And so, uh, you know, as, as, as clergy, as pastors, uh, we, we stand in that tradition, that long tra- tradition. You know, Timothy and Titus in the early church trying to figure out how to make it happen. They knew there needed to be somebody with some oversight. Uh, we see in Scripture some references to bishops. Uh, presbyters, deacons, and so as the early church began to form, you know, the bishops were those folks that kind of tried to keep all of the churches together, unified in the common uh, goals, unified in the Holy Spirit. The presbyters were the, were the pastors that were, were in the little churches, the, whether it be a home church or in brick-and-mortar kind of structures that helped celebrate the sacraments. And the deacons were those who were called to a lifetime of servant ministry, of serving in their capacities, wherever that might be, in their workspaces, uh, in the church, of course, but, but out in the world. And so uh, we, we have emerged over 2,000 years into a uh, sometimes a, a lethargic beast, if you will, as a church, but uh, still filled with people touched by the Holy Spirit, seeking that greater life in Christ uh, and, and calling out people to help order the life of the church. People uh, that have said yes. People that are being set apart. Uh, people who will have uh, not just the hands of a bishop rest upon you on Monday night at annual conference, but that bishop represents the unity of the church. And 2,000 years of faithfulness calling people out and then sending them out into the world to not just preach the word of God, but to be Christ for others and to help order the life of the church. Thankful for you, your hard work. Especially thankful for this church and its ways of, of raising up pastors, of nurturing pastors, sustaining them in good times and bad times, uh, but for being uh, willing to say yes as believers, as followers in Jesus Christ and where he's leading us. Amen to this church, amen to the work of God, and amen to the future our church has. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.